And this is Dave. And this is Warlords and Warlocks. Okay, so we are back for issue number three here. Yes, Starting out with Hobby Progress. Uh, yes, Hobby Progress for our lovely April episode. Um, yeah. So, do you want to start or should I? Why don't you? I think I have way more to talk about. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're pretty even on this one. I think you'll be surprised. Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> so, we got Shadow Spear. Yes. Uh, I Split th- it. I, I know you actually got a second box Ooh, all yeah. for yourself. Uh, which I wouldn't mind doing myself, to be honest. To add to my Death Guard? Come on, that'd be fun. Or to start that Alpha Legion? Ooh. Um, yeah, but that's where I go, because Death Guard... Yeah, um, Death Guard doesn't re- need the regular Marines. It doesn't but, need what they've got. Yeah. But I do love, love Alpha Legion. They're yeah, one of my favorite do it, armies. That's a good way to start. Um, so we got the Death... Or the... Uh, Shadow Spear Shadow box. Spear box. Uh, we split that. I got them all built. I've got all mine built. Um, I've got, I've got all all mine built. Yeah. So both sets of chaos and the set of um, marines. Premier Primaris. Yeah. I've, I've got all of it built already. Um, I also started a new Age of Sigmar army. Woo woo, flesh eaters corp. Give me that ghoul action, baby. Um, let's see. I don't know if this counts as hobby progress. But I got my lovely better half into this game, and she actually started a Sylvaneth army. Uh, let's see. Doing some work, building a couple of models out of your second Shadow Spear keep box. in mind, I don't actually need that fourth guy, because I'm only running the three models. So if you want to mess around with it and paint it and whatever else, I would love to do that. That's all you? Yeah. Uh, I might buy him off you, to be honest, just because I love mm-hmm. the model. And that's fine. I don't think I'm ever going to do anything but run the three-man unit. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, what else? I bought my Achilles Ridge Runner. Finally found one. New shop in town. They actually had them. Holy crap, a shop actually had what I was looking oh, for. Oh, he's got so much in that place. Uh, we, oh, have, we have some good shops which, in the area, but... Yes. He has three of those Eisenhorns. He has three. So I'll be stopping in 35 of them. No. $35. A piece. A piece. Yeah. I'll be buying one of those this weekend. I told him I'd probably probably see you because I was going to tell you how much it was. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, What time do they close? (laughs) 10 p.m. I might be stopping there tomorrow night, to be honest, after work. Um, which would be fun. I, I like that new shop. It's It's, it's got a lot of potential. It's going to be a good shop. I was in there yesterday. In there. It's really nice. Oh, did you go there for a war machine? No, I went and just hung out and talked to Will for a bit, the owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to get him on the I'll show. I'll say proprietor because it's his family owned him. Yeah, yeah. Family. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, we'll get we, – I've talked to him about getting him on the show – Mm-hmm. Next month we'll probably have an interview with him on here. That would be nice. I think that would be a good time. Yeah. Um. Let's see. You know what? I'm not sure how much more I have. So should I go with mine? Uh. Let me think for a second. Let me think. I 
think that actually is it. Son of a gun. I thought I had so, more going on. I have the chaos. Picked up the chaos side of the hat. Uh, shadow spear. No, of course. Picked up a second shadow spear. Mm-hmm. Um, I also picked up a second adjudicator. I think since the last time we recorded. Right mm-hmm. after. Right afterwards. Yeah, for, yeah, that's right. For we war did. machine. Um, it was it, stupid cheap online. Yeah, you got a really good deal. I, I remember like, that. I paid like $25 for a Colossal. I couldn't pass it up. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> hard to say no to. So, I got a second one of those. Um, and let's see, what else? Of course, getting the second Shadow Spear, I traded my orcs off. So I no longer have orcs. Which is okay. Xenos just don't last very long with you, do they? That's the Tau, the Orcs, and the Necrons in like a year and a half. I play, I play faction roulette pretty bad. You are worse than I am. Mind you, my Blood Angels were there from the start, and they will always be there. They're my, they're yeah. my Marine faction. Uh, my Chaos faction, of course, is Black Legion. Black Legion. Yep. But speaking of, I started painting my Black Legion stuff from Shadows. Nice. In the black and gold for the Black Legion. Traditional. Very nice. I have so far painted two two-man greater possessed units. Mm-hmm. Uh, I painted up my five-man possessed unit. Painted up three obliterators. Two masters of possession. And I started on the... Um, the first Venom Crawler, the one that's already completed. You freaking retired guys have all the time in the world. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Yeah, and you know what? I like it. But here's my big problem, and we'll talk about this more later. A lot of the models look the same. See, and that's why I started doing head swaps. Well, you know what I found out? With the Chaos Space Marines, you can do that. With the case space marines in that box, the heads fit. They're, they're, the tabs are the right shape that I can just swap. The only one that doesn't look right is the um, heavy weapons guy. He kind of needs the heavy weapons head, you know? And Fair then, enough. of course, the heavy weapons backpack. Because I, I mixed and matched for the second unit heads and backpacks. I literally just chose backpacks and heads that did not belong on that guy. And made him different by yeah. putting different heads and backpacks on. Well, I mean, you saw what I did with my Phobos Marines. Yeah. A bunch of them have Space Wolves heads, or a bunch of them are, are, go- are still going to be getting, yeah, you know, Space Wolf out. tails. But, you know. So, I wanted to differentiate some of these guys. Like, the Masters of Possession and the Possessed, they don't convert that easy. And I didn't want to put the trouble into really converting them and getting the green stuff out and filling gaps afterwards and changing positions of arms and legs and stuff like that. Just didn't want to do that much work. So what I did instead, I started with the possessed. And the first unit of possessed kind of had this pinkish skin. Mm -hmm. And the carapace bits are red. You know, pink and red. goes along. Well, you love that color scheme. I've seen you use that color scheme on so much stuff. Well, the second unit is a base blue skin. 
instead of pink, and um, then the carapace is uh, blue. Carapace bits are blue. But with the first one, I did all the claw bits and the horn bits white, and the second one I did them all in black. Nice. So, nice and simple. So little black bits and white bits and blue and red. They're really easy to see from the table. Yeah. And it worked amazingly well with the Masters of Possession when I got to them. I painted them exactly the same except for the flames. Mm -hmm. They're the eyes in the, the Master's head, skull head, and the skull in his staff. Mm -hmm. And the little fig, the, the staff has a mark on its forehead. It's engraved. And I, I did the, after it was painted white, well, bone, I put a dab of color on it and then kind of rubbed it off, rubbing yeah. it into the, the grooves. Yeah. So it's got that color on the forehead as well. But one is regular flames with red eyes and stuff. And the other one is blue flames with blue eyes. From any distance, even though they're the same model, Red and blue. Yeah. Easy. It's a, It was an easy way, and I'm going to do that with the whole faction. Even these Venom Crawlers, one's going to have pink skin in the fleshy bits, and one's going to have blue skin in the fleshy bits. And, like, the eyes will be red on one and blue on the other. So. Easy enough way to differentiate. Yep. But, let's see, what else have I done? I don't know. What else have you done? I think that might actually be it. That might be everything I did. I've done since we talked last, as far as that goes. Are you still working on the uh, war machine? The whatever they are? The protectorate? Protectorate. Thank oh, you. Oh, I've kind of set them aside. I've gotten kind of overwhelmed and bored with the size of that army. You bought a huge army with that. I traded I traded traded bought well I traded tomato, two smaller tomato. I traded two smaller armies also forty K. Yeah. For one really big war machine army. If which, I remember correctly, that was uh custodes and necrons, right? Yeah. Yeah, those custodes, you're you're as I always like to call them, the blueberry custards. Uh metallic like blue. Yeah, metallic blue were, with silver something. trim. I I hate that army. I absolutely uh, despise that I army. I kind of wish they'd have left him in Hero Horus Heresy. Um, you know what? It works for them in right. 40k. But I don't know that it works for them as their own independent army. I no. just don't care for it. No, they should have. They're 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 kind of they should powerful, have, man. They should have instead of doing what they did and have this kind of limited book like they did. What they should have done is made a Talons of the Emperor army, but included things like straight out in the Codex, the ability to take assassins, yeah. Sisters of Silence, Custodes, even priests and stuff like that, the Ministorum. Ministorum, Inquisitors. Even, even Inquisition, and then they wouldn't have had to worry about doing those other books for those. Because yeah. I know there's a lot of Ministorum in the Sisters Company. Well, that's because Ministorum is part of... Right, but it's all prayers. They do prayers. Yeah. Which I have I have high hopes for the Sisters of Battle. I'm really looking forward to seeing them. 
I'm afraid I'm going to start another army. I would love to start a sister's army, but I just don't think they're the right style for me, so I don't think I will. I just can't wait to see these new models. Although, I did see some of the leaks did you see the new from Se Warhammer Se Community. I didn't see the new Sephiram, but I did see some of the new Slanesh stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. They got That's that. proper. Their jetpacks. That's proper. Their, their jump packs. Totally. Have slotted, look like wings, and they're hollow, yeah. so they shoot the... That's cool. I, yeah, I mean, I was looking at them. They, they released an image. I, I just, like, I just know good. I saw that new uh, Keeper of Secrets. And it was the good balance. Well, the I, good balance. I will you know. be picking up as soon as the rest of this trade comes in for... Because the rest of the trade for the orcs is money. Yeah. And that's coming in at the beginning of May. Mm -hmm. When that comes in, by then, the sergeant? No, the captain? No, what is it called? Lord. The cast lord? The one, the new model with the thunder hammer? Yeah. That guy should be out by then? And I'm planning on picking up the new Abaddon model and that guy with the hammer. Did you see the new Executioner? Yes. I just don't know that he'll fit into my army as well as I want him to. So I'm going to pass on him. I've, I've been noticing a lot of unique uh, elite choices that are single characters he's in, now. My, uh, he's in the book I picked up last night. Well, yeah, I'm just That's saying... Right. I picked up the Chaos Base Marine 2 Codex. Yes. That's I did that as well. I'm I'm just saying that a lot of the armies now are having these single special characters who are elite choices. And I just mm, I like yeah, that. The, it's a nice the one man elites that that are kinda like the almost like the lieutenants. Yeah. Mm, they're nice. They're Which really I nice. did see a photo the other day. I don't know if it's a thing or not. If it is a thing that Games Workshop's going to do, it will be hilarious. It was uh, the Let's Start Collecting Primaris Lieutenant's box. <laughs> I doubt it. But um, that's funny as hell. I, I saw the image and I'm just like, yes. Yes. I want this to be a thing just because it's hilarious. I'm just going to field an army of, of primaris lieutenants from different legions. Because they're all, they're all uh, yeah. HQ. So the uh, Supreme Command detachments, just several of them. Yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap that up then. We'll be back with some role playing and mm -hmm. then some 40K talk. Good times. All right. Okay, so. We are back for our miniature no. game section of no, the show. No, we are back for RPG section. Oh, you're right. I'm so bad. Uh, this is actually oh. going to be our, for a while, last time we talk about Starfinder. Right. And we're going to go ahead and finish it up with the last of the, the races that you can races. play. Yes. Well, we'll move up. We'll move right into. The, yeah, let's jump right into it. The Alien Archive 2. Yes. Because we've we've done the core rule book, we've done Alien Archive 1, talked about the races in there. So let's talk about each of the races in this book. Yeah, there's there's really <coughs> only the two left. The two books. Current. Yeah. 
And one only has a couple races. Yeah, in. that was so. that was down to like six. <clears throat> so anyway, races. this first race are the Uplifted Bears. Super cool race, in my opinion. They are not anthropomorphs that look, or they're not humanoids that look like bears. They, they are, bears are bears that have been anthropomorph anthropomorphized and made more human, including their intelligence. <clears throat> Which, in my opinion, is a neat way to handle it. You don't generally see that done. So, for, for gameplay, they've got plus two to strength, which is pretty straightforward, obvious, going to yeah. happen. Plus two to intelligence, and a minus two to wisdom. I think it's that plus two to intelligence that... Uh, it surprised me when I first saw it, and I liked it. And I liked their explanation for it. I liked their reasoning. It well, was cool. I, I, I do, too. I, I'm, they're really neat. Um, they get they get six hit points, so yeah, they're they're base, base not a bad six, level. not a bad uh, set of hit points for for your race. Yeah, um, they are large creatures though, large magical beasts technically, with a space of ten feet and a five foot reach. So they're actually two squares. Yeah, <clears throat> well, four squares, right? Two each way. So in ten theory. foot ten, ten foot space is ten by ten. Yeah, in so, theory, yeah. Um, they get a climb speed of twenty foot. Um, they have limited augmentation, so they don't do cybernetics very well. Yes, this is true. Limited telepathy, which has a thirty foot range, and we've talked about li limited telepathy in the in the last. Yes, there's there's some. several races that have it. Low light vision. Um, they get a thing called Natural Survivor, which gives them a ratio bonus to life science and survival checks. Which, as <clears> they are bears, <throat> I think makes a lot of sense. They And them. then they get natural weapons, just like the Vesk. And it literally says you use the Vesk uh, natural weapon yeah. entry yeah. for them. But they have Swift. On land, they actually move 40. So they, they move fast as twi twice as fast as they climb. Yeah. The next race is the Bolita. Bol I think that's how you, you would say it. Bolita. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I like them. Or Bolita. They have a neat look. Um, they are very centipede looking. They've got what? Uh, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve limbs. And they've got a very bug-like head with mandibles and... yeah. And the and whole they nine yards. have the, uh, the whole earwig thing going on with the yeah, set with, pincers on their yeah. hind end. They're not, kind of I'm not really sure they're pincers, but... Well, they're limbs of some sort. Yeah, little feelers or something. Yeah. Uh, let's see what they get. They get plus two strength, plus two con, and minus two dex. You know, I'm kind of surprised by the minus Me two Me too, actually, because I think, I think plus two dex, minus two strength would have been much more believable. But I do understand the cons. They they are insects. They have exoskeletons. Right, right. You know, they, so they are going to be hardy. So they also have six hit points Yes. Uh, at, at first. Um, they are medium vermin. They have a 30-foot land speed and a 30-foot burrow speed. So they can dig through the ground as fast as they can walk. Which is pretty <clears throat> cool. Yeah, it's way cool. They have blind sense vibration for 30 feet. 
dark vision with a range of 60 feet, and low light vision. All of which is very cool. <clears throat> they have uh, chitinous plates, which give them a plus one racial bonus to AC. Nice. They, and they have a thing called defensive ball. Let's see. Uh, as a move action, they can roll their body into a nearly impenetrable defensive ball. While they're rolled up, they can only uncurl as a move action, and they can only take defense actions or use it for their rolling charge ability, which they, of course, also have. Yeah. Um, what does it do? It increases your AC by five in that, and it would be even more if you took, if you were, if you went total defensive, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they can get so that they can take a lot of punishment because you just can't get through the armor. Yeah. And the rolling charge is um, kind of what you would expect. <laughs> Basically, um, they sonic the hedgehog. Yeah. They get plus five to AC. Uh, right. they, they make a melee attack at the end of their movement with a plus four bonus to attack. Like I said, they sonic ya, man. I mean, and that's just cool. A and race they, that pulls a sonic. But they can't. That's they can't. They can only do it once until they have at least ten minutes rest and re to recover stamina. Yeah. So let's see. They also have light blindness. So just like the 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 other races that have light blindness. But they also get a fire affinity, which is resistance fire five. Which and it and it can stack and it can stack with any one other source of fire resistance. Again, very cool. Yeah, yeah, I think I thought so. Okay, so <clears throat> the next race is the Damai. I like this race. They are kind of a gray skinned gray haired humanoid. They're kind of like a gray person. I mean. Really, they look very humanoid, except for the bit gray skin yeah. and hair. I I don't like this race because of what they do on in game. I like them because of the background blurb that they give them. Well, they're, they're just neat. Well, let's see what they do do in game. They get plus two charisma and dex, minus two wisdom. They only have two hit points at at start. Yep, they <coughs> are a low hit point race. Medium humanoid, um, low light vision. They get. The survival, uh, which is a plus two racial bonus to stealth and survival checks, and it increases increases to plus three if they're underground. Yep. And then they get Scrappy, which is an extraordinary ability that once per day, as long as an ally is within ten feet of them, they can re-roll a failed Attack roll or saving throw. Which is a cool mechanic in and <clears throat> of itself. Yeah, because it's a, hey, you come over by me and I fight better. Yeah, I, I think it's a really cool looking race. I think it's a... Yeah, the gray skin thing is kind of neat. Yeah. Okay, but these next guys are... I don't, uh, I'm not sure I could play something this in here. Oh, the Embry. Yeah. I like the Embry. I would totally play they, an Embry. They kind of, to me, look like... I know, a large slug with legs. Uh, they also happen to wear a mask. Yeah, and they have the mask. Um, if I remember They are. They're correctly. mollusks. 
part of their background is that they look at other races and their tendency to eat in public and eat around each other and to have emotions as being extremely <clears throat> archaic yeah. and kind of disturbing. It says they are repulsed at how openly and communally other races eat. Yeah, it's which I think is really neat. I just think that's a neat. So, you know, that, that's one of those things as a player. Right. You make it interesting to play. So anyway, they get plus two con and intelligence, minus two to charisma. Yes, they six, do not do well with charisma. Six hit points. They are medium aberration. They have dark vision at 60 foot. Mm -hmm. um, they get shielded thoughts. They get plus two bonus against enchantment spells and effects. So then they get wary. Uh, wary is a racial bonus for sense motive checks. Yes. Which is kind of, goes along with the, um, well, no, I suppose, I was going to say it goes along with their bonus to wisdom, but that's not what they get, the intelligence. Yeah. Uh, they also have masked emotions, which is a plus two, well, they get immo immunity to charm effects and plus two against enchantment spells. As long as they're wearing their mask. Yeah. <clears throat> Alright, so, that's them. They're kind of neat, the the whole mollusk thing. Yeah, I think they're a neat concept. And I think they could be really fun to play. At the same time, because of the way that they're written, they could also be really difficult to play. They're not the kind of race that I would suggest a new player to try. Oh, God, no. Uh, let's see, the next guys are the Goron. They are a plant race that is, they've got kind of greenish plant hair, but they've also, they've got uh, kind of scaled purple skin. Yes, and they are super cool, and their background is cool, but kind of messed up. They're one of the non-standard races as far as racial traits goes. Yeah. All of them get plus two to intelligence and charisma at character creations. But saplings are short and slender, and they get plus two to dex at character creation. Oaklings are tall and dense and get plus two to con at character creation. They get six hit points. Um, of course, they're, the saplings are small plants and the oaklings are medium plants. They have a rule called delicious. Yes, they do. They take a minus two attack roll penalty on attack rolls and acrobatics checks to escape and grapple against a creature that uses a grab ability with a bite natural weapon. So that that's a drawback. Um, it's it's kind of a corner case. Yeah, <clears throat> but. A good DM will use that. Yes, absolutely. They also have an ability called Limited Plant Benefits. That gives them plus two racial bonus on, racial bonus on saving throws against mind-altering effects, paralysis, poison, polymorph, sleep, and stun. Unless the effect specifies that it's effective against plants. 
They are literally walking, talking plants. <clears throat> they don't get the other benefits of being a plant. No. So that's what they get instead. Yes. Um, they have past life knowledge, which allows you to change, choose two skills from a list here that you uh, add a plus two bonus to them as if, well, no, they become class skills, but if you've already got them as class skills, you get a plus two bonus. For them. That's the way it works. And then they have photosynthesis, which is how they eat. I mean, it's, uh, they can go without light for three days. After that, they get starvation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it, they get the same effects as if they were having starvation. Well, being plants, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. The next race are the hobgoblins, which oh, don't hobgoblins. look, which don't look like old school hobgoblins. They look uh, like big Pathfinder goblins. Yes. All they get for racial abilities a plus two for, for Dex. They had six hit points, and they're medium humanoids with the goblin subtype. Sixty foot dark vision. Plus two racial bonus to intimidation checks, and plus two racial bonus to stealth checks, and a rule called battle hardened. And that, let's see, what does that say it does? It gives them a plus one racial bonus to AC against combat maneuvers. So the special attacks that you get to make. Yeah. Which, to be fair, is pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Those guys were cool, but the next race are the Oni. Oh, these guys are cool. Which, the only thing they're missing are the tusks. Yeah. They look a little bit more like the what I expected the hobgoblins to look like. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, plus two strength and con, minus two intelligence, six hit points. They are medium outsiders with a goblinoid uh, native subtype. Cabano Commander Armor Savant. They get a plus one racial bonus to AC when wearing heavy armor. Their armor penalty is one less severe than normal. Mm -hmm. So, Dark Vision 60 foot, and then they get magic. Uh, they get a spell-like ability. The caster level is equal to their level, and it's once per day they can cast Disguise Self and Supercharge Weapon. So they get a couple uh, little spells that they get to. Okay, now we got the orcs. Which, I like the way that they did the orcs for this. They're, they're very much what I would expect an orc to be, except for they're not green. Which I kind of like. They're like a grayish blue. Yeah. I think that looks neat. Yeah. Definitely different. Plus four strength, minus two charisma. Mm-hmm. Um, six hit points. They are medium humanoids with the orc subtype. They have conditioned focus. At first level, choose one skill. That becomes a class skill. If you've already, if it's already one you've got from your first level, or you get from first level, you get a plus one bonus instead. Um, you also receive an adjustment of plus one to the ability score associated with the chosen skill. Oh, see now that's neat. Yeah, right. That's pretty neat. Now, once per day, before you attempt a check with that skill. They can give themselves a plus two bonus to that check. 60 foot dark vision, of course. Survivalist, so... Uh, no, it's fierce survivalist, so it's plus two 
to intimidation and survival checks. Uh, light sensitivity again, and orc ferocity. It's the it's the same it's the same thing they talk about in the legacy version of the orcs. Yeah. So no nothing no surprise there. The next race are the Asharo. Which are awesome. They are they are so awesome. Slug people. Uh, literally <laughs> like slugs with the antenna and the They are so freaking cool. All, all the squiggly bits. Plus two intelligence and wisdom, minus two to con. Only two hit points. They're medium monstrous humanoids. Uh, dark vision of 60 foot. Land speed of 25 and a swim speed of 25. A pious scientist is, a, is an ability they get. Um, they can use life science to identify creatures normally identified using mysticism and vice versa. See, I, <clears throat> I have to say something before we move on. So, we've looked at Talislanta, and we've even played a little mm -hmm. Talislanta. And one of my favorite races in the, the book, it's a giant sentient snail. Yeah. And yeah. this game gave me yet another chance to play a giant, a giant snail person. Yes. Mollusk. Well, this one, and these have legs awesome. and hands. So, they might be it's easier to play. They might, no, they might be easier to play, is what I'm saying. Because the yeah. other one doesn't have those things. It's just a yeah. snail. So you can't open doors. But like, you know what? You know. I, I didn't even care. I wanted to play that I know, thing, I know. Like, I know. It's all good. Uh, so they kinda, they got, the next ability they have is called Polymath. Not Polymorph. Polymath. They, uh, once per day, they can automatically succeed in an attempt to aid another on an intelligence-based skill check. Just automatically go, yeah, I'm going to help you. <laughs> um, then they have slime and susceptibility to salt. Slime, they can use 1d4 times per day, and they have to rest for 8 hours after they use it. Oh, they can, they can use it, they can basically excrete, excrete slime to make an area rough terrain. That's pretty neat. Um, susceptibility I'd, I'd to salt neat. is if they come into contact with salt uh, or salt water or like whatever, they get 1D, like for splash damage, it's 1D6 damage from that. If they're immersed in it, it's 4D6 damage. Whew. Yeah. <coughs> that's that's kind of wrong. Yeah, yeah. So you definitely don't want to go to the ocean. Okay. So the next race are the panther. Patra, P-A-H-T-R-A, Patra, not Panthra. There's no N, but and the T I and the H are in the wrong end. Why you made that? <laughs> they mistake. are a cat people. They are a very <clears throat> cool cat people. Uh, let's see. They get plus two to Dex and Charisma, minus two to Strength. Very actually suited. Suited. Mm. Uh, hit points four. They are a medium humanoid with the Panther subtype. Dark vision of 60 foot, low light vision. They are nimble. So they don't gain the flat footed condition or take normal penalties to attacks. They can steady themselves with a swift action instead of a move action. That's what nimble does. So then they're talented, which is a plus two to acrobatics checks, stealth checks, 
and checks with one profession of their choice. And then they have wary, which is plus two to, uh, against charm and compulsion effects. So that is kind of neat with their definitely very, very cat people for all the cat lovers out there. I don't think you have to be a cat lover to appreciate the awesomeness that is that race. Yeah, yeah. All right, now, so these next ones are one of my Fen personal favorites. They're, they're called Fentomite, the Fentomite race. Okay, so they get, well, let's talk about them for just a second. First. They are a kind of grayish blue, areas are even purplish of their skin, but they've got these markings and stuff that are yellows and greens and stuff like that. All over their skins, they, they've got this kind of weird... It's it's kind of like a squid-like head. Yeah, the shape of it kind of reminds me of a squid. They also have almost hooves instead of feet. Yeah. With the backward legs like a, like a satyr would be. Uh, let's see, they get plus two dex and wisdom, minus two con. With four hit points, they're medium humanoids. They have 60-foot dark vision. They have an ability called naturally Natural Agility, which is a plus three racial bonus to athletic checks to climb or jump. They have a rule called Acclimated, Acclimated to Thin Atmospheres and High Altitudes. They count as small creatures for the purpose of slow suffocation. So they suffocate slower than they should. Which is pretty neat. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Um, the other one they have is Heat Tracker. Uh, they can al alter their vision to detect latent heat trails. Um, they make a survival check. Well, while the while this ability is active, they take a minus one to reflex saves, and then they can turn it back off as a move action. So that's those guys are kind of neat. They're they're definitely different. I really like the looks of them. Uh, the next race is kind of a group of races, really. The planar scion. These are your Asimars and your Tieflings. So these are your half-celestials and your half-infernal, half-demons. You know, which I'm not really going to talk about them because these, these are races that they've done over and over and over with D&D, Pathfinder. Yeah, so <clears throat> they're, they're really very much what you expect them to be for their race. Yeah. Um, the next race... You will also like, of course. Um, I do like them. They're a silicon-based creature that have three arms and three eye stalks. They look like um, a another almost um, snail creature, but it's different because they got these little legs and arm. You know, there's a couple little arms sticking out and these three just eye stalks instead of a head. And they're called the... Quarlu. They are super, super cool. And I think one of my favorite bits about them is because if you read the lore on them, they actually, their stomach and their heart is the same organ. And it's made of superheated plasma. Oh, that's these guys. They right. are so neat. They're just so weird. And so neat. they unusual. get, I love it. They get a plus two con, plus two charisma, and minus two dex. They have six hit points. They're medium monstrous humanoids. So these guys are actually pretty big. They have endothermics, which is resistance to fire that stacks with you know, five, which 
stacks with one other source of resistance to fire. They have a lithic, which gives them a plus two racial bonus to saving throws against bleed, disease, and poison effects. And they can't benefit from drugs, medicines, or similar non-magical substances. In addition, they don't breathe or suffer normal environmental conditions for being in a vacuum. So they can go out in space without a suit. And they just roll around and it's no <laughs> big deal. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Like I said, man, these, these guys are cool. <laughs> so... The next is, the next ability they have is multi-armed. Uh, this allows a creature to wield and hold up to that many uh, as many weapons as it has hands. Um, it increases the number of items it can have ready, but it doesn't increase its number of attacks that it can take during a combat action. So, if you had a regular gun and then a stun weapon. And then, like, a pry bar because you're going to break into a place. You know, you could have all those things ready, but you wouldn't, you'd only be, still be able to do, like, one thing at a time. They're, they have a rule called Ponderous, which is to say that they have a 25-foot land speed. So they're slow. Uh, stable, which is a plus-four racial bonus to AC against combat maneuvers, um, bull rush, Reposition or trip. Um, so then they have Corlu Senses, which is dark vision of 60 foot and low light vision. Then they have Susceptible to Cold. This is possibly their biggest downfall. Okay, when it takes cold damage, it becomes fatigued for one round. It doesn't cause it be, to become exhausted from fatigued. So it's non-progressive. It just makes it fatigued. Yes. Which isn't so bad. Like I said, <clears throat> as far as downfalls go, it, that is a downfall, but it's not a huge one. Which, if that's your only downfall as a race, right? You know, that's pretty <laughs> impressive. So they have a, an ability called Tunneler. Which they have a, they can dig through soil at the rate of five feet per minute. They can also dig through stone at one foot per minute using its internal heat. And when it digs, it can leave a tunnel behind. Yes, it can. So it can basically burrow and then leave a tunnel for the rest of their party. The next thing they have is unflankable. Flanking creatures. Do not get a bonus for flanking them. I mean, it's just pretty much that's what it does. I mean, they can't be flanked. Yeah. Okay, so these next guys are another insect race, but they're vastly different than most of the others. They've got more normal looking legs, but they've got like three big toes, like toenail like yeah. hoof like toes. They've got two sets of arms, uh, a small set of arms, and then a great big strong set of arms. they got this great big shell on their back and a tail. And their head has big, sharp, pointy teeth and these kind of mandible arms on their jaws. 
If I had to relate them to anything, I'd say they kind of look like beetles. Yeah, yeah, probably. Well, let's see what they get. Plus two strength, plus two con, minus two dex. A very reasonable from what they look. Um, eight hit points. Let's see, they are large monstrous humanoids that have a space and reach of 10 feet. So they take up four squares and then they reach out two squares past that. Uh, 60 foot dark vision. They have an ability called Bulwark. When it takes total defensive action, it grants half the bonus to AC granted by that action to an adjacent ally. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, if you're trying to defend somebody, it's really great. Uh, they also have a uh, 20-foot burrowing speed. They have Chitin, which they get a plus one. Okay, it, their Chitin can help deflect effects, granting them a plus one racial, racial bonus to reflex saves. They get Frenzy when a significant enemy causes an ally to take hit point damage. They can fly into Frenzy, gaining plus two racial bonus to melee attacks and plus two to AC for one minute. They get Grappler, plus two to grapple combat maneuvers. Spiritual Fervor. The Trox gain a plus two racial bonus to Intimidation and Mysticism skill checks. They have a 40-foot land speed, and they have the Vestigial Arms. Uh, actually, it says they have four Vestigial Arms. So they have two sets of arms under there. Uh, they can be used to hold, draw, and put away items of negligible bulk. But they can't make attacks, wield weapons, or use items. It seems to me like, as a race, they are really, really well designed for being party builders and party hunters. Oh, yeah. They, you expect them to be great big tanks, but they're not just that. They're, they're protective to the rest of the party. Yeah. Okay, so this last race in this book. Oh my. Is the one one of the ones David likes the most, I think. Uh may I? May I own the Vlaka? Go ahead. Why don't you okay. go ahead? You go ahead and, so, and do the Vlaka. So the Vlaka are one of my absolute favorites. They're huskies. They're anthropomorphic huskies. No, no, not, not the black awesome. and whites though, the grays. Yes. The gray and white. And, and they're awesome. They're in I, the reason I say they're awesome is because of the their racial traits are so very cool. I mean, they get two to wisdom, which is cool. Two to charisma, very cool. Minus two to intelligence. They, their starting hit points are four. They're medium-sized. They have uh, a rule called buoy, which is just a neat-sounding rule. Uh, as a standard action, they can spend one resolve to restore one resolve point to an ally within 30 feet. They can't use that again for another 10 minutes, uh, for 10 minutes rest to regain stamina. <coughs> and this is a sense-dependent, mind-affecting ability. So they also get cold resistance. They have a natural 5-plus cold uh, cold resistance that stacks with one other source. 
They have the cooperative skill. They gain plus two bonus to skill checks for the aid another action and to attack rolls to provide harrying fire. The creature using the aid another action to assist a Blacka gains two plus to skill checks. Basically, they're the best boy. <laughs> they are perceptive. They gain two to perception and sense mode of checks. They are versed. They can speak, read, and write their own language, and they also know the sign and tactile versions of their language. Now, this last one, the Vlaka Senses. This is my favorite. My absolute favorite. So, Vlakas can be born in one of three different possible ways with different sets of senses. So during character creation, you have to choose between one of these three. Blind. They have blind sight, hearing of 60 feet, and blind sight scent with, of 30 feet, and have permanently the blinded condition. The Vlaka is naturally sightless, so the blinded condition can only be removed by effects that grant sight to a creature that has no natural vision. So through augments or magic, that's it. They can also be born deaf. If they're born deaf, they get blind sight scent, 30 feet, low light vision, and the deafened condition. However, it opposes no penalty roll, no penalties to initiative or opposed perception checks. They're not based on hearing. And much like with blind, they're born naturally without hearing, and the deafened condition can only be removed by effects that grant hearing to creatures with no natural perception of sound. They, of course, the more <coughs> basic, the one that most players are probably going to take, to be honest, hearing and sighted, which basically just gives them blind sense, scent, and low light vision. Uh, the blind sense scent, again, is 30 feet. But so they, that means they get a good sense of smell. The, yes. Well, as a dog. Yeah. As they should. But to be honest, if you're... If you're a fresh player that's not really done a lot, I would definitely say, yeah, play the hearing inside it. But if you're yeah. a more advanced player... Or want to do something real fun? Or just want to try something else, try blind or deaf. I mean, I think that's just a really neat way I think the closest I've ever out. done is play a character that was mute. I've, I've actually got a character built that's a Vlaka who is blind. And I, I'm... Dying for someone else to run a Starfinder campaign so I can play him. Because he's a blind mystic. Come on. How is that not the natural choice? <laughs> that or like a blind fighter you know, right type, on. you know? <coughs> well, that's, that's, that's it for this book. Yes, that is okay. the end of Which Alien Arcade 2. I think there were less actual playable races in this than Alien Archive 1. You know, I'm not sure. I do know that <clears throat> I just... It's more than a dozen. There's like 15. Yeah. 
I, I love how many options this game has given. And, you know, we still have one book left. The Pack Worlds. The Pack World books adds six more races <coughs> on top of Which, both the Alien Archives. I actually didn't think it did until I picked it up and looked at it. Because I bought yes. you this book. Yes. And and it was because we had kind of talked about it and we'd come to the conclusion we didn't really need it at the time. Yes. And then you were saying, oh, I think I might get them all anyway. So when I picked it up and kind of paged through it, when I got there and I found out, yeah, they, they got races in the back, I said, well, I'm going to get this for him. So it was which, like a birthday present. Which I really do appreciate. And the thing mm. is, is... By that point, I had pretty much decided this was going to be the big game that I liked to run. And have I run anything other than Starfinder recently? Things that I've run? It's mostly been Starfinder. Now, the last two games you ran were both Starfinder. Yeah. They both ended poorly. Early. But we had had the two players kind of drop out. Yeah, we, we had some and, we had some party you know, difficulties. It's something that happens when you're playing games. Yeah. Let's do this though. Okay, so the last <clears throat> six. You got starting off is Astrozoans. Simply put, they look like giant amoebas with eyes on their arms. So kind of kind of almost what like. where you would expect your knees to be. Yeah. Uh they are But they have no fingers, just yeah. kind of Tentacle appendages. Appendages, yes. (sighs) So, they're plus two dex, plus two charisma, minus two con. Four hit points. They're medium aberrations with the shape changer subtype. They have the ability change form as a standard action. An astrozoan can physically alter their form to look like any medium creature, as long as they have seen a similar creature before. They can attempt to either mimic a specific creature or look like a general creature of the chosen subtype. They gain a plus 10 to disguise checks to appear as the creature of the type or subtype of the new form. The DC of its disguise check is not modified as a result of altering major features or if they disguise themselves as an aberration or a humanoid then they can remain in an alternate form indefinitely or until they take another form so basically they can become anything anybody could be one of these things yes which is a really cool idea uh, they have compression they can move through an area <coughs> as small as one quarter their space without squeezing or one eighth when squeezing that's actually if you're talking about five foot square yes that's actually what a a foot and a half yes by it would be a foot and a half like by a foot and a half that's just intensely small so they also have dark vision of 60 feet they have many forms for effects targeting creatures by type they count as both aberrations and humanoids, and they have rapid revival. Once per day, when an astrozone takes a 10-minute rest to regain stamina, they can additionally recover hit points as though they had taken a full night's rest. That's just wild. 
Yeah, they're they're pretty neat little race. Um, these guys are pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you do these ones. Oh man, the Bentrod Bentrids Bentrids. Oh my god, they kind of look like a giant floating nose. Yeah, yeah. I I I I hate to admit, but yes, they do. The little beady black eyes up at the top of their this kind of sloping, almost nose shaped body with spindly what almost look like they, they're trying to be wings right so they have plus two to dex and con minus two to intelligence starting hit points four they're small aberrations so they're actually not that big they have a rule called anosmatic they have no sense of smell and are immune to sense dependent effects that rely on smell they have a rule called Balanced, which gives them plus two racial bonus to AC against tripped com trip combat maneuvers and can stand up from prone as a swift action. Uh, they have a rule called Daredevil. They get a plus two racial bonus to acrobatics checks. 60-foot dark vision, and they have a land speed of 40 feet. They're, they're really kind of different. Not only are they different because they look like a giant nose. But they also have this protrusion at the bottom of their body that looks like a ball. Yeah. It yeah. essentially looks like they ride around on this ball. <laughs> They're kind of neat. Yeah, that's uh, the picture for the races section. Has several of them in it. It's kind of neat. All right, so the next race is uh, the Boreas. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd call that Boreas. <clears throat> they have um, kind of a gray, looks like heavily veined skin. They kind of look like a Lashunta. With actually. long, but they have long dark hair and, well, this guy's got long dark hair and um, the, the antenna. They have plus two con, plus two charisma, minus two wisdom. Hit points of six. They're medium undead. Oh, I missed that. But they do not gain the normal undead immunities. <clears throat> they have 60-foot dark vision. They have a rule called Deathly. They count as both humans and undead. Uh, they are immune to negative energy damage and gain a plus one bonus to saving throws against disease, exhaustion, fatigue, mind-affecting effects, paralysis, poison, sleep effects, and stunning. That, if I may say so, is just stunning. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, so, okay, let's just move on. <laughs> the next rule they get is called living shell. They count as a living creature for, for what can affect them. Like, for things like um, healing, healing spells and stuff, because you have to be living. Yeah. So they still count as living creatures, even though they're undead. Uh, they have a thing called old talents. They, the idea is that I think it's that they've come back to life, kind of like a revenant. Yeah. Um, they they retain some of the old racial traits. Uh, you select select one of the following races and gain the racial trait indicated in parentheses. So android upgrade slot humans skilled. Kasatha, Four-Armed, Lashinta, 
Limited telepathy. You know, this guy probably was a Lushinto. Yeah. What, <clears throat> what it seems to me is they're kind of like the uh, the creatures from um, well, I think the Dark City. I think definitely what they are is they're revenants. The old school revenants. Undead that aren't really undead. True. Um, the Shirin get blindsight. If it, you choose Shirin, you get blindsight. Vesk, you get your natural weapons. If you choose Yoshka, you get your cheek, cheek pouches. At the DM's discretion, they can allow other races with other abilities, and that's for you and the, the DM to choose. Uh, additionally, when they attempt to disguise themselves as a member of the race that they were, they do not get modifiers as a result of disguising themselves as a different type of creature. So if you're human originally and you're disguising yourself as a human, you don't get negative modifiers for doing so. Uh, let's see. They also have an energy drain. They take no... They resist energy drain, actually. They take no damage from energy drain effects. If he gets more negative levels than he has class levels, he can still be destroyed. But he doesn't get any of the negative effects. After 24 hours, any negative levels they've, they've taken are removed completely. That's pretty neat. So, yeah, like I said, they, they, it reminds me of the old school Revenant. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so do you want to take this one? No, you, no you, you do these guys, and I'll do the, the next one after that. Okay. What we've got here is the Kizar. They're literally plants. Another plant race, but these ones... These look like they're made up of vines. Yeah, like picture vines and then like a translucent translucent flower as a head. Yeah. Uh, they get two to con and wisdom, lose two to dex, six hit points. They have plant-like as a subtype. They are medium-sized. They breathe carbon dioxide and exhale oxygen. They'd be great on a shit. So in situations of slow suffocation, <coughs> they reduce the effective number of creatures consuming air by two. Right, unless, themselves and another person. Unless no oxygen-breathing creatures are present. So if They're, it was just one person in a, in, a, in a sealed chamber with one of them, you could effectively live, you, you'd live indefinitely, at yes. least as far as suffocation goes, because yes. one would be feeding the other. Exactly. Uh, so that's their rule. That's neat. Carbonic, or carbonic respiration. They also have the rule evergreen. For effects targeting creatures by type, Kizar counts both humanoid and plant. Mm -hmm. They receive a plus two racial bonus to saving throws against mind affecting, paralysis, poison, sleep, and stunning. Unless it specifically works against plants. They can go for food for go without food for three times longer than other humanoids as long as they are exposed to natural sunlight for at least four hours a day. Not bad. They have the limited telepathy, much like yep. so many other 30 races. Foot. They have a rule called natural empathy. They have an empathic understanding of the natural world, giving them plus two to life science and survival checks. Additionally, they can use their limited telepathy to communicate with non-mindless creatures 
of the plant type without sharing a common language. That's pretty cool mean. because usually you have to have that language. Yes. And they also have senses and speech. They have no eyes or visual senses other than the ability to perceive the presence or absence of light. So they have blind sense vibration and blind sight light or life. Life, not light. <laughs> Each with a range of 30 feet. And they can't speak and communicate only through telepathy. Wow, that's pretty neat. They're actually, yeah. they're actually much cooler than they kind of start yeah. out looking, you know. They look cool to begin with, and then you get into their roles, and they're actually super cool. So are, are, would you like to take the RSROs? Uh, yeah, I'll take SROs. <clears throat> the SROs are sentient robotic organisms. Uh, so basically, living robots. You got... Plus two to strength and dex, two hit points. Uh, you're either a small or medium construct with a technological subtype. They actually have a con score, unlike most constructs. The small ones get a plus two to dex at character creation. The medium get a plus two to strength at character creation. So it's one or the other. And it's made at character creation, then you can't change it. Uh, they have 60 foot dark vision. They have a healing circuit. In, in addition to being a construct, they can benefit from spells like Make Whole. Uh, they count as living creatures for the purposes of magic for, with healing. They work on living creatures. They only get half the normal hit points back that a living creature would though. They can use the engineering skill as a medicine skill for them. A character can. And anybody can, really. They can benefit from, ma from magic or technology that brings constructs back from the dead, as well as effects that normally can, hmm. such as raised dead. Yeah. They have integrated equipment. They have standard data jacks and comm units. If they're helpless, the these can be remo removed or destroyed without damaging the SOR. Basically, it's uh, kind of a backup. And then, of course, they've got robotics. Plus four to saving throws that target only humans, if you're humanoids. They can't eat and drink, but they don't need to. They have, they have to recharge their internal batteries and go offline for eight hours a day. Well, they, they don't breathe or suffer the normal environmental effects of being in vacuum either. Which is all pretty cool. Yeah. Now we're on to the last one. Final, this is the final uh, of our races that we've been talking about. This is the last one we've got in the, these books. This is the Strix. Backward need dark elves with wings. That's the yeah, best I, way I, to yeah, explain it. Right on. Ability adjustments are two to dex, two to intelligence, lose two to charisma. Well, you would. Yeah. They have hit points of six, base. They have dark vision of 60 feet. They're nightborn, so they gain plus two, a plus two racial bonus to perception and stealth, stealth checks in dim light and darkness. They have Strix mobility, which gives them a land speed of 20 feet, an extraordinary uh, fly speed of 30 speed, feet with average maneuverability. They are suspicious. Hey, no, it's extraordinary, which is the type of ability it is. Ah, whatever. 
So, <laughs> so they have suspicious. So they get two plus racial bonus to saving throws against illusion spells and effects. And they get tinkerer. They have a natural eye for technology and can craft such items at incredible speed. It takes a strict base time of two hours to craft a technological item. So they're better mechanics than most other races. It's right on. They're just better engineers and mechanics. It's just <coughs> what they're good at. And to be honest, well, they got great big wings. They got great big wings. Come on, that's cool. All right, so there we are. Last two books in those. And this is pretty much wraps up our Starfinder talk for a while. Yes. We will come back next week with something else. We'll, we'll decide by, by, or not next week, next month, with something else. We'll, we'll decide before we get back what it is. Yeah. Right now we may not, we, we probably don't have a pulse on what it is. It's going to yes. be something. What, what we do have a potential special thing going on, uh, if we can get people to agree. So that could kind of take place. Um, and give us a little more time before we get back to about the business interview? as usual. Yes, the okay. interview, if yeah, we can we make might, it happen. We might have an interview, so everything else might be truncated. Yes. And depending on the length of the interview, it might be, you know, hobby progress and then the interview next month. Yes. Which so, wouldn't be horrible. We can, yeah, we can work we around. We can work around that. All right, um, so that's pretty much it then. Yeah, I think that does it for RPG section this month. Hey, we're back. We are doing the 40K section. Yes, Today yes we are. Today we are talking about... What I'm currently doing. Yes. Easy building, builds. Well, not just the easy build. I want to talk about the not easy build, the easy build. Yeah. What it I, all means. I just happen to be in the middle of it. Because <laughs> you are building this Venom Crawler while we're doing the... The show. Yes, and hopefully uh, I will be done before the end of the show. No, but we because, can hope. Yeah, well, my, can, my glue is not and, my glue is not cooperating with me. Uh, and and take it home and, and prime it black and start in on the two of them. This one I've just got prime black and base coated. This one part you don't even really need to glue into place. It just, just kind of sits, sits yeah, in there. Sits. That's one of the beauty of some of these are... Well, some of them are actually described as push fit. Yeah, this I can <clears throat> see why. Because and they do, they're so tightly engineered that you can push them together and they don't come back apart unless you make them come back apart. That that was some of those Phobos Marines. Yep. Just kind of pop together. And, um but no, so let's talk about let's talk about the whole idea of the easy build kits. Um they become Standard place with with Games Workshop for their starter sets. In my, I'm pretty sure most of the starter sets are easy build. Um, I don't know about Wake the Dead. For the most or some think, of them. Some of I them. think even Tooth and Claw might have been easy build. Nope. Tooth I and Claw. Do not believe it was. I believe that was an actual regular kit because a Gene Stealer cult. Gene Stealer cult. It's not easy build. No. They don't have an easy build box for a Genius. Right, no. Um, what it is is all of the Dark Imperium boxes oh, yeah. are all easy build. And now Shadow Spear, for sure. The, the thing is, is the the big name starter boxes have almost always been easy build kits. Yeah. And it, whether it was Warhammer Fantasy, Warhammer Age of Sigmar, 
Or oh, yeah, the Age of Sigmar stuff that I have from Starters Raw, put it together like this. Yep. And so. all the old Warhammer 40k boxes. They were all easy build for the longest time. The thing is, and anyone who's been in the hobby a long time, they remember the old boxes like Battle from a Crag. And they remember how easy build looked back then. Okay, yeah, yeah. The technology has come so far. I, I think since Dark Imperium, or not Dark Imperium, uh, Dark Vengeance. Yes. I think since then, it had, they have really stepped up their game. Dark Vengeance had then, a lot of fiddly bits. Even then, yeah, like um, the... But they looked nice. The, the captain guy or whatever with the spined backpack and the, the holding the sword out. That guy that guy fit together like the easy build do now. It's just the details better now. They, they've cut out, like you cool. said, some of those fiddly bits that are prone to breaking off while you're trying to push mm-hmm. them together. And they have increased the look of the sculpts. Yeah. So they look like your normal, you know, models that you're purchasing. So they look a lot better. That's like that Redemptor Dreadnought Easy Build Kit. Yeah. Wow, man. I mean, because I built the Redemptor. And anyone who's built the Redemptor Dreadnought knows it's a little bit of a pain in the butt kit to build. This, that's for the modelers. That's for the guys who, that what they want to do is they want to put each individual piece together and then put each piece together to make it like an arm. You know, yeah. you're putting the wrist together, then the hand together, then the yes. lower arm, then the elbow, then the forearm, you know, upper arm. No, with that Redemptor Dreadnought, that's pretty much exactly <clears throat> what you do. But the easy kits, it's it takes this side of the arm and that side of the arm, or even this arm, or... This arm connected to the front of the body, and the other arm connected to the back of the body, and you put them together, and you're done. Well, Dark, on, Dark Imperium on. is really the one that I said, "Wow, they've come a long way with these." And then I That's started seeing some of the other kits they were putting out that were easy build, like the my the uh, the Blight Hauler. Or, was it Blight Hauler? Yeah, the Myotic Blight Crawler. Crawler. Blight Crawler. Crawler. That's a nice little kit for $25. And there's no other way to really, you know, build those according to the army book. So there's just, just there that one build. So why have a big kit for it? Yeah, why not make an easy build and stuff? But and even call then, it a day. Like in Shadow Spear, it was easy enough to take the guys oh, that the 10-man unit... And make this pose look different than the pose that I did beforehand by giving him a different head and a different backpack. Yeah. Like and I said, and I, that's I, one of the things that... I went through the instructions and literally went, okay, it says 42. Pick anything but 42. Yeah. These these kits have mm. really gotten nice. And... And easy to play with and adjust. Their, their instruction books that they've been putting out with these player boxes... Like the two-player, like Shadow Spear and whatnot, and Dark Vengeance. Oh, they're the construction smoother. books are amazingly done well. They're they, they're so much smoother than and, they used to be. And they let you build it in a way because if you follow the directions as they're laid out, it lets you build it in a way that puts everything together smoothly and all. When you're done, you're like, oh, yeah, that wasn't that bad. Yeah, you know what I love. <clears throat> 
No more three-piece Marines. Well, the new ones are like five. Well, yeah, but you know what I'm Just, talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Backpack you know, and Body gun. and gun. And then you put it in a slot of base and it's done. I mean, I I had a, I had a lot of those. They pretty much got away with the slot of base. Yeah, they they really have. Even these starter boxes, they don't come with slotters. And I think that's because people are fine. GW, I think, recognized that people like to buy the second, you know, the other company's bases that are textured or scenic yes. or whatever else. And then you can't really use a slot of that well on those bases because you first have to cut it off, then clean up the ridges on the bottom of the feet, then make sure you have a place to put them on that that sits nice. If you don't have to pin them. If, yeah, and, and half the time you got to pin them. to be fair, Games Workshop's got thrown their hat into that ring more and more over the years, and they are making those bases now. Yeah, and they the make some nice ones. The ones they make for, and I'm making air quotes here, Necromunda. Yeah, those are nice That bases. are the right size that you can buy like 10 in a pack. Why would, some of those things are like, why am I not buying these for my Marines? Yeah, they look nice. Well, that's like the ones that they have for the fantasy right. settings. Those are gorgeous. All right. So let's talk about the regular yes. kits now. Let's, let's talk Just about for a minute. the beauty let's talk of about regular kits. The regular... And, regular and I actually have a regular kit build sheet. I have several of them here. Uh, these are actually from Age of Sigmar, but they still work for the same right, idea. Right, right. Now... I was going to ask about... Well, yeah, because you're doing Flesh Eaters Court. I've built that, I yes. built that kit. And, and like the horrors, and, the crypt horrors can be crypt horrors, crypt flayers, or crypt yes. something else. There's three different kinds well, they can here's, do. Here's one of my And it things. depends on which back you put on them and which head. Yeah. And the here's one of the one. things. I'm, I'm currently holding the uh, Sylvaneth Dryads. The Dryads? Dryads. Thank you. Uh, she, it is literally one page... And has put this on that. The, the instruction for a branch witch or a branch nymph and dreads. And you know what? I personally don't think it's enough information on this one. I don't know. But that one's. Uh, but then I go ahead and pull out. But that's a single model. So they're showing you. Yeah, but that's an entire you, unit. They're showing you. Oh, no, the dryads are. Yeah. But then you've got like You're the right. Sylvaneth, I think the Nymphs, Lord I think Ancient. The this is a proper booklet, and it's yeah. got three well, different yeah. ways you can build this. Because son of a there, gun. there are, and they all look slightly different. They, they look very different. Do different things. Yes, they do, uh, and it's a gorgeous model. And you see the same thing with Warhammer Forty K. Yep. You'll see these same kind of big. Pamphlets or really small pamphlets. The characters, it's literally a little card that comes in with them. Yeah, a little, a little that out. tells you all the information yeah. you need, and it's using the CAD design yep. that they used to build the they, thing. They took the they literally the just CAD images that and they were just separate pieces, and they just put them next to them where they belong, and say put it there. And they the new ones are color coded, so it's like okay, yeah. here are the pieces. And then they show it put together with the, the piece, one of the pieces that they have been added on are in a blue yeah. and then if or it's, yellow. And if it's an optional piece, they put a little shield with it Yeah, and they, that has like a magnifying glass on it or something. And yeah. uh, that's optional. You don't have to do that. 
And it's or if nice. he's got choices, a lot of times he'll put both choices there. Yes. And they've got a kind of, I think they got a little symbol for that, too. Yeah, uh, they pick do. Pick one. And, you know, because I remember building Space Marines way back in the day. And we're talking back in the day when plastic was, you know, for arms and shoulder pads. And that was it. You know, all your Marines, their bodies were pewter. And all of your, uh, all of your special characters were completely pewter. Yep. And your sergeants were almost always completely pewter. Even if they were multi-piece, you would get special pewter parts for them. You know, those were easy to build. But now it's so, so much customization that you can do with these multi-part plastic kits. It's really kind of amazing. You can take the same kit and you can build it five different ways and you can make interesting stuff and make it look different and you can do that just simply by you know pulling your bits and a a good bits box man i tell you what that nothing can compare to a good bits box especially when you're using these multi-part plastic kits because they will build you one and it'll be too big for you to keep i had to i had to cut my can the can is all born out of the new plastics they just they decided mm-hmm. I think they've decided to mostly go to plastic now. And the reason for that, of course, is that metal has gone up in price mm-hmm. in the last five years, so like ten times the, the price. And they did get some really, really negative feedback on the fine cast. Oh well that's or because as the a resin, lot of people like to the call resin it like fail cast. The resin like to bubble. Yes. Which you know what? It was a new thing they were trying, it was bound to happen. Um, well, Something was bound to go Other companies still point. use uh, plastic resin. Because that's what it is, is a plastic well, resin. Well, Forge World's been using it forever. And they still Although, have problems. Forge World, whenever you buy a Forge World miniature, you pretty much have to have a Dremel on hand. Because you're going to have to reshape parts. And a hair dryer or heat gun. Oh, yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. Because they need work. Yeah, well, that I saw that... Uh, that new shop, they sell Forge World stuff. I saw that too. That uh, that was pretty mm. neat. I was pretty enthused by that. Um, I don't have the kind of money to throw around to buy Forge World stuff, but at the same time, I'm about it. It's, it's I like still having nice the option. Stuff, so, yeah, some yeah. of it's gorgeous. I uh, I think that their new plastics and their move to plastic was probably. One of their better moves. I agree. Um, in the long run, first of all, plastic molds hold up better. Yes. I, I know Absolutely. this. From, I know this from talking to people who deal with cast. Yeah. Um, in, in the business, not in relatively small scale, not like GW does, but uh, the comments that the one guy told made to me were, were, if you want metal molds, that's fine for ten years. They start getting bad and, uh, after about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Plastic will go bad in closer to 30 years. Yeah. But the big difference is the molding process is different. Initial output to make plastic molds is more. Yes. Which is why little companies all start out with plastic or metal models. Because it's cheaper to make molds for metal models. Now, nowadays... With some of the high-end 3D printing and the high-end 3D molding, yeah, 
all the Kickstarters are in plastic now. Yeah. All the all the little guys who are making these one-off. Why well, tell you games. what? One, one of the things that I think really helped that, and I don't know if it's true or not, but it's the way I feel about it. I remember when Hero Forge first came around. Yeah. And I've gotten some of their mansions. Uh, and this was when they were still pretty new. Yeah, some of their new stuff. Whoa. Now, the stuff that they're doing now is way, way, way nicer than what they were doing <coughs> when they first started. But yep. even when they first started, they made some nice stuff. Yeah, they as did. As long as you got their like second or third well, cause level, what it, it was is... great. Now, now their lowest level is really nice. Yeah, they, well, because they... It's um... really... Come it, it's, it's 3D printed, but it's high-end 3D printed. Yeah. Which allows them to do individual models. So what they did is they've got their CAD set up. They've got their mm -hmm. images set up. They make their little CAD bits and go, hey, you put it together. And you make what you want. I've, I've designed some really cool mantras. And, you know, now, I, 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 I know this is kind of cool. like GW, though. You know what? I think it could. Because I can see... Because I've seen Anvil Mantra do it. Anvil Mantra does it. They make they will sell you an entire unit of infantry that you design. Right. Different right. heads, different arms, different bodies, you, different guns. Mind you, the, you in know. the regular kits, you usually end up with four or five extra heads and yes. stuff like that. Now, extra guns, extra, that's, you know. That's the thing with the, the kits from Games Workshop. They always give you plenty of extra. And that gives you those bits that you were talking about that let you that, convert later. Yes. And also, even in these, you know, easy build kits, um, I've been noticing no, I've been noticing little terrain pieces. Okay. They're added in. I put that aren't mandatory for the models. I put there was in, in Shadow Spear, speaking of, in Shadow Spear, there are three little trainee bits. Just yes, little rubbly bits. I put them on the bases of my three jump troop guys. Yeah. The dropped. They're not really jump troops. They're dropped. Because, troops, they're, but I know because they don't mean. jump. They drop. But I put one on each of their bases. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th those easy kit builds, most of those boxes don't end up with a lot of waste, just the sprues. Yeah. That and, is true. And you know what? If you're. A half decent converter. There's a lot of good ways to use sprues. Now, sprues love, are handy in their own right. I would love GW to do stuff, and it would actually take probably more. It would cost them more because they would need sorters and all this kind of stuff. But I would love them to actually do the okay. I'm going to take all the bits for this model. It comes out and, and it ends up in this little baggie. Mm -hmm. And that like. The one company's done it, and they, they would have it, it would be strung together, all the guys for that unit. Yeah. Uh, you know, that came together that are like this, that are like, would end up in this strip of little air, little pockets full of bits. Yeah. Li of pieces. And those pieces in that little baggie are the only ones that go on that model. Games Workshop used to do stuff like that. Games Workshop but used to have a great bit if, system, too, if they, went, they would sell. If they went through the trouble of clipping those off like that and sorting them and putting them yes there is margin of error where wrong bits are going to end up in the wrong pockets and all this kind of stuff but you know what they, they have could that then, problem but they could then recycle all of their sprues 
the thing is, Do you know how much money they would save. True, but they had that screws? problem. They had that problem back when they used to use make the metal models, and they would sell the blisters, the yeah. blister packs. Yeah. And the only reason I know this is an absolute fact is because I remember buying Abaddon the Despoiler, uh, the yeah. old metal model. I know I got one of your old metal ago. models. I know you do. You may have the one that I'm talking about. I wrote into Games Workshop because I couldn't figure out how to get hold of them, so I just wrote into White Dwarf. 13, whatever. Yeah, kids do that. And I mentioned that, you know, I had gotten this model, I had bought it, and he didn't come with his sword. Yeah, it was Abaddon to spoiler, and he didn't have his sword. And I was really upset about it. They sent me a whole model. They actually are well known for that. Yeah, they sent uh, me a whole missing. new model. Well, I got another model. I still don't have a bit for that guy, but now I've got a new one. Yeah. Well, you know what I wound up doing? I wound up doing a conversion using the, the old yep. one. Yep. You know, I no, took because the guy I've got's got the right sword. Well, no, it it was uh you got the one that I got as a replacement. Actually, I think I got all three of yours. Probably, I had <laughs> I had three or four Abaddon the Despoiler I, models. I got, back in I've the got day. like three bodies. Well, that's like I used to have about five cipher models because I loved that model. I don't know that I've got a sword, but I've got I got the rest of a cipher from you. Yeah, one of the ciphers. And I have one of the originals. I I have the one that I converted, and I still have to pick up the new one. I think I've got all of Fabius Bile except for the Needle God. That's a hard part to come by right now. I I might have one laying around though. uh, If you ever find one, let me know. Yeah. Uh, The other thing I was thinking about doing is picking up. The fine cast and just using that bit on the metal model. Yeah. Well, is that the one that has all the faces in the in the cloak shaved down though? Oh, I don't know. Maybe probably to... is. I had yeah, one and all that one. stuff. Well, because I had done conversion because I was turning him into a uh, inquisitor. Ooh. That's probably the one had, you wound up. He still got the stick with the skull. Yeah. The other arm's missing, and it's got the... I think it's got both sets of the clawy bits that go over his shoulders. I don't know, though. It's just missing that left hand with the needle gun, and I think you bought one, and you wanted that needle gun for somebody else. That is possible. And you took that one bit and just threw the rest into the box. That is possible. Which is something that happens with... with Well, especially whenever you were talking about those old blister pack days, you know? Which no. they still do the blisters, but it's not the same anymore. Plastic models since there are so plastic. much easier to do that kind of thing. Oh God, yes! You can like, leave them on. You clip the one part off, leave the rest on frame, toss it in a bin, and whenever you need another part from it, you come back for it. It's beautiful. Swap, swapping out guns. Oh, I know so most easy. of the guns now come with hands attached. Yeah. So you just remove the at the like someone who's already built. You remove them, their hand at the wrist and put the new gun on. Yeah. I'm planning on doing that for my um, Chaos Space Marine Havoc Champion. Just making a difference. Because the one I've got has a bolt run, bolt gun. There you go. All good. Bolt, bolt gun's gun. good. But they can now have plasma guns. So take the plasma gun. So why would I not go, oh, cut that off, and putting plasma gun out there? Yeah. But I just got to find him a plasma gun. Yeah, I'm sure I got a dozen of them. Oh, so do I. I might, give him a, I might give him a Blood Angels plasma gun. There you go. I mean... <laughs> Are you sure you're not talking about Dark Angels? Hello. Oh. No, actually, as a Dark Angels player, that I I love the Dark Angels. That always got to me. I I don't understand Will's, why people are Will's so. Marines are 
Starkey. That's his I, I like him. That's, I like that's him his faction. He has he a lot. He and I are going to have a problem, though, because I'm currently a Space Force player. It's going to be fun on the table You're against fine. each other. It'll be a good time. I have, I have a good feeling about this. Actually, I was looking at some of his uh, Shadow Spear models. Uh, he was, he's been painting the Shadow Spear box art. Oh, I'm afraid to see his painting. He's, uh, he's doing his Chaos as Red Corsairs. Oh, nice choice. Yeah, yeah. Looks Always like good. the Corsairs. Looks good. Especially the that old school Corsair, Corsair paint job. You literally just yeah. took any Space Marine model you had laying around and painted a red X over any Imperial symbol. That was the original look. <laughs> I, well, I think the new it. ones. I think the new ones. Uh, the the newer version of the Red Corsairs are a little bit. Oh, they changed <coughs> it out. They're less renegade and more. Yeah. Legion. Yeah, they changed it out in between. Uh, I think it was uh, fifth and sixth or fourth so, and fifth. So back on topic. Let's. Yeah. Because uh, let me ask it's you. Not like we're not gonna. Let me ask you. So because I can I can actually get. The the new Chaos Space Marine box. Mm-hmm. And look at the new Chaos Space Marines versus the easy build easy ones. Build. Now, the other big difference is the variety. Okay, when I buy the easy build for, when I get Shadow Spear and I take the Marines, I build the Marines, it's a captain with a plasma pistol and a chain axe, three guys with chain swords and pistols, four guys with bolters, and a plasma gun and a auto gun, auto cannon. Reaper, yeah, Reaper auto cannon, right? Yeah. That's what it is. There are no other options unless you convert. There are no other options. Now, if you buy a regular box, that's where you get. Oh, I'm going to have a missile launcher, not a um, plasma gun. Yeah. Or, well, that would actually be the heavy, so it'd be I, I'd have the missile launcher instead of the, the auto gun. The yeah. auto gun. I, I'm, I'm or, picking. I'm pooping. I'm, I'm scooping what you're pooping. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they give you a couple of heavy choices. They give you a couple of um, uh, special weapons choices that allow you to actually make those adjustments in your army for what you prefer. Yeah. The 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 biggest drawback to me is that without conversion. Um, we you can't do that with the easy build boxes. Yeah, the easy build kits. It's really mind just you, what you get is what you get. Mind you, the the non easy build boxes take a whole lot more to put together, and they are more expensive. Yes, yes, they are. But uh, that's another that's another plus for the easy builds is they are cheaper when you go to buy them. Like you were talking about the dreadnought, the the redemptor dreadnought. Forty five for the easy build. I think it's sixty five, sixty six, maybe something like that. Yeah. That's around that for the. Uh, I don't remember what the multi-part. exact numbers are. Um, I I just bought. But them I know like they're I know they're ago. in excess of sixty dollars. Yeah, they are expensive, mm-hmm. but the thing is is. You're looking at the difference between, okay, Well, I being can, able to choose different weapons, is that's why yeah, you buy the regular box. I can get the one that is just Gatling guns and Storm Bolters and it has a flamethrower and a power fest. Now, if that's or I can the way get the one that's all sorts of Gatling guns. I can have the one that has 
frag storms. I can have the one that has plasma cannon. You know, it, there's a lot of different things you can do with the multi-part that you just cannot do with an easy build. However, if that's the way you're going to kit it out, when you look at the easy builds and how what weapons they've got on them, if that's how you're going to kit them out, there is absolutely no reason not to get one. Yeah. Absolutely uh, uh, if, if that's not. the exact way that you plan to kit it out, just buy it. Yeah. Because you're going to save money. It's easier to build. And it still looks just as good. I agree. I the agree. easy build kits are so good nowadays that, you know, I I absolutely love my Death Guard models. Easy build? Bam, bam, bam from, from and, Dark Imperium, most of them? And they're all of them. Almost all of my Death Guard stuff is easy build stuff. Yep. The only things that aren't is my uh, Blight Hauler mm -hmm. and some old Plague Marines that I had laying around to begin with. That Which I had from new and that's, my old. Yeah, that's not really what we're talking well, about. The, well, but the, all of those were all conversions that I yeah. did 15 years ago that I just kept because I liked. You're putting together this Venom Crawler. Now somehow, when I build my, built mine, I did I could not get this leg down to the it was I couldn't get it in this little stone piece that it's standing on. So when I put it together, I ended up clip breaking that off, cutting it off, and cleaning up. The I end, remember. And it sat normal. It looks right the way it is, and I'm like, well, okay, I'm still gluing what five legs to the ground. Yeah. And. At least, at least several of the legs, I've still blued them down, and I'm like, well, what did I do wrong? And I, don't, I still don't know what I did wrong, but... I know exactly what you did wrong, sir. What did I do wrong? You have fiddly hands. You know what part of it is? I think I put these two legs on backwards. Is it the middle leg? Could have. I think I put them on backwards because they were almost touching the other legs over here. Yeah. Well, that'll be an easy way for you to discern between one and the this, other. They will, they will look different because of Yeah. It, which is another good thing because I've got two, so... And that's one of those things with the easy builds. It's easy to mess up something that you're doing on them. But when you mess up something, it allows you to differentiate. Yeah, well... Especially if you have multiple of them. The I glued those guns on the first one upside down. I remember. You should have left them that way. They looked kind of neat. The little, with the little sights sticking down. It's yeah, not like they're actually using them yeah. as sights, so they could have just been downward spikes instead yeah. of upward spikes. But they fit that way. And I went, huh. And I, I just went back and popped them off. They came off yeah. pretty easy. Well, be careful picking it up. That right. glue is wet. Right. This is um, thin glue. It is a very thin glue. Uh, I like it, though. See, now... This kind of glue is good for easy And glue. it's a nice odorless okay. glue. I like to use the gel glue because I have more control over where the glue goes. But with easy fit, this kind of glue is actually very good because all you got to do is get it kind of flowing and you trace a line around the little edges that you know are contacting Yeah. and fill holes that pegs are going into. Just a little drop of glue in that hole and when you squeeze it in, you're done. Once you, once you fit it together or squeeze it in, all you then do is hold it for a minute and they work really well. Yeah. I don't think that... I think the gel glue, glue works better for the regular build models. Not the I agree. Build, because 
then you can control where the glue is and then how it fits together. You know, I didn't use... I wouldn't say I have agreed with you in the past, but after building, building this Achilles... With the gel glue? Uh, well, oh, no. no, use the regular glue. I, I built it with the thin glue. The thin glue, yeah. But right I had right. been using the gel glue a yeah, lot I recently. Gave you that too. I gave you that tube of gel glue to use. And I used it to build a lot the of stuff. Phobos. You used it to build all those Phobos, didn't you? I used it to build the Phobos. I also used it to build the, uh, the Repulsor. Court. And some of the Fleshier's Court. And you know what? For multi-part kits... This is what I'm going to start using. I'm going to use this... Partially uh, because it sticks to itself. Yeah. You, kinda, I mean, you put it on the spot, you stick the other piece to yeah. it, and it, the gel helps it stick. To me, I don't have to hold it as long for the pieces to start Well, for you, together. that's especially important because you Right, because I drop, I drop yeah. stuff so bad. I, here's a, I know guys that don't build models. Um, there's a guy that plays War Machine with us that he does not build models. He has um, MS, multiple sclerosis. Yep. Okay, so he can't. And yeah. The guy that builds his stuff for him made a comment the other day that, yeah, I get, he got he got a whole two new, two new armies. Oh, jeez. Then he came over and went, he brought in the one army, he went, can you build this for me? I'm going to start playing this army. <laughs> and he's like, he goes, the, the sad part is, is I'll build stuff for him and the first time he picks it up, four times out of ten, he drops it immediately and it breaks. And yeah. I've got to put it back together. <laughs> That's a shame. Yeah, and, you know, I, I like the fact that he gets out and he does it anyway. Yeah, you you got to respect that. My my stepmother... Man, I drop stuff know, almost as much as he does on the table. Yeah, I've, 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 I've known some people with multiple sclerosis. And when you go out anyway, it... And you fight through... When you're having problems, as I see it, it, anyway, it uh, you know? it lends a lot to the character yeah. of the person. Just you know, to go for it anyway. But yeah, the glue, I, I, I've moved away from the regular, super glue style glue, simply because, I find it it runs more than I like. Yeah. So it's hard for me to well, keep it where I want it. You know, one of the reasons I bought this, right? It's foam safe. Oh. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. melt foam. So whenever we go to start doing terrain building again. You can glue foam together. Which we really should get together and do. Yeah. We should build some proper well, old when, school when terrain. We start getting the room cleared out. Once that here. room's cleared out, man, we're going to do some stuff. You've been making progress, though. I'm, David yeah. just moved. David just moved. Yeah. This is the first time recording in the new house. So, um, so if the noises are different, the noises are different because some some because of that. Um, hopefully, the echoes not as bad. We're gonna move to a different area than we are now. Yeah. And ho hopefully, that'll be even better. It'll cut out some of the background yeah, it's, noise. It's maybe. gonna be some testing for a little while to see which room we're gonna use for a recording. But, but for this episode, it's probably just gonna be uh, hit, sitting here at the table until we can set up the office. Yeah. A good place to put it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but uh, no, I, I the other problem I have with the thin glue is, yeah, they got that long little spout. Oh, I hate those. No, no, I, I, it's it's you can get that where you want it. My problem is, is my hands are not steady anymore. My hands shake so bad. So you know how they got the 
those long spouts, and they're yeah. great for getting down in spots and whatnot. But the problem I have is once I get that down where I want it, my hand shakes so bad that I get glue all over instead of where I want it because that little spout acts like a little drawing needle, drawing glue all over yeah. everything. Well, you you have that problem though of your hands shaking. Yeah, and some days are worse than others, but it's my hands are a little more steady. Yeah, and I practice the old adage of you know putting your wrists together. I do that with that, models. I do that. Yeah. When I'm painting constantly. Do it when you're gluing, man. It helps. Do it when you're doing anything model related. Mm. I mean, we'll have to try we we do a there's hobby a, with some seriously so fiddly bits. There's so much more of that with uh, the regular build. Than the easy build. Yes, the easy build is. is so much easier for me to do with with my shaky hands. Yeah. Because if I don't get every little bit along that line, like gluing two pieces of the body together, it's never really going to matter as long as I catch a good portion. The majority of, of it. Yeah. And then I push them together, wipe the, any glue off the outside, and I'm good. And depending on what army you're playing, screw it. Leave the glue on there. Hit with a little. Yeah. Hit with a little spray of water, yeah, if you got, if and you got it bubbles, and that looks cool. You know, I that's Nurgle all over. Oh yeah, dude. You want to do rust on a model, and you want to make it look crusty? Overrun that super glue. Hit with a little water. Then, then when you paint it up, you paint it up as rust. Yep, it's one of the better ways to do rust, and it's you know it's an easy way to turn a mistake into you know something nice. Yeah, um, but like I said, that's one of the reasons I've gone to the gel because for me, it's easier. It's easier to for your control. control. The flow control is easier for you. Yeah, and well, I, you know, I, I've heard old guys have that problem with flow control. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, geez. that that hurt me even. That's, that's <laughs> awful. But in the end, in the end, here, when we're talking about. Models here. What it comes down to, I think, is what you're looking for in a model building experience. There's a yeah. lot of people that that's not really their thing. They they don't have the patience to do the fiddly bits of the, the multi piece kits. Of, of the multi, yeah. especially some of the newer multi piece have a lot. Of oh yeah. Kits. Where, like I said, it's. I glue, I glue these two pieces together, and that makes my wrist joint. Yeah. I glue that onto these four pieces that make my upper and my upper and lower arm. Yeah. Uh, for some of the bigger bigger things like the dreadnought you were talking about, even that thing had. Oh, uh, you should see the repulsor. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, repulsor yeah, tank yeah. is so much work. It's actually a little bit easier to build than the old Land Raider kit, though. I was kind of surprised. Well, those Land Raiders were notoriously... Fiddly. Yeah. Especially it's a nice kit. When I love when that you get it kit. Done. When you get it done. It's beautiful. Yeah. But it's it's there's a lot of problems with the... Okay, how does this go together? Oh, wait, yeah. Oh, wait. This piece goes like this. And what floored me? What floored me? First time I ever built a Land Raider is that you can open up the front end there and look all the way down in there and the whole inside is textured yeah which they didn't do with the repulsor and more which was nice than, more often than not I ended up messing with those doors going check this out and breaking one of the doors and then gluing it shut yep 
Nine so times out of ten, that's what happens to a wasted, wasted all that detail. I mean, I knew guys who glued their um, drop pods shut. Yeah. They well, literally the, wouldn't put the stuff inside I it. I think the drop pod I gave you was... It was... No, that one opened up. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. I think it was built properly, and it opened up. Oh, that thing was beautiful. Uh, you know I what, though? I traded that to, the, to Will. You know what, though? Oh, you traded that to Will. That's who mm-hmm. that went to. Nice. Will ended up with that one. And the one that I had unbuilt that he, he needed, he wanted both of them. Nice. So he ended up with both of those drop pods. I don't remember what I got from him, but I got some. I just know uh, that those drop pods are horrible. Now, I wish they would do a drop pod an easy easy build. Could oh, you imagine? Cool. Could you imagine if the door was one piece, both sides already sculpted, instead of putting yeah. a door together and being able to go goop, and having this half and that half? That you yeah. glue those two pieces together and then pop the doors in. Yeah, maybe only even if only two of the doors open. I'd be all right with that. If you did it right, it's just a pressure fit anyway. Yeah. So you, you put one side in, and then you slowly slide the other one in. They, they put the little groove that yeah. you mostly don't see because of the door being there. Yeah. And you go, dunk. And it just pops in. And it pops into the hole, a little pressure build. And that door's well, never coming off unless you break in, it. In order for that to work, though, you have to make drop pods worth taking again. True. <laughs> Uh, you know, that I mean, new beta it, rule, though, drop pods might be worth considering well, again. Well, because they're considered a vehicle, aren't they? Yes, but because you can drop a unit of tech marines is why I'm saying it. Oh, yeah. That lets you be able to drop a unit of tech marines with bolt rifles or bolt guns, and all of a sudden, here's a whole bunch of shots. <laughs> you yeah. know? We get out. This turn, we don't do rapid fire. But next turn, we do rapid fire. Well, if they're within... 24, yeah. if they're in 12 inches, they're rapid fire in it. So you drop them at 9. Yep. Put them all out, exit, you know, exit them out, what, and then fire 10 like guys, out. that's 20 shots if you do it right. Easy 20 shots. Well, you can you can do it so that you're not having, you don't have any heavy weapons, and they're just extra bolter shots. Yeah. That's just a lot. That's, you know, almost orc level shooting. No, mind you, yeah. normal orc unit level shooting. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know what? Against uh, certain types of armies, that's devastating. Yeah. It, uh, those new rules are cool. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I think they would do well to do easy builds of several of the vehicles. I'd like an easy build Rhino. The Rhino Just would for be giggles. One. The Rhino would be a good one. Um, and anything on the Rhino chassis? So mm-hmm. you're talking your Predators, your Razorbacks, your... Vindicators, whirlwinds, all those. To be fair, the Rhino isn't terrible to build. No, not horrible. It's smaller, it's easier to build. It's a lot easier to build than the old school Rhinos and the old school Predators. Yeah. You remember those. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they were were half metal, half plastic. I built a couple of them a while back that was, oh my god. I still have one to give you. Which I don't horribly need. Yeah, I know. You know. Well, it's for your Chaos Army. Yeah, like I said, no, horribly. I've got a Land Raider already for that oh, army. Oh, that's right. You and do a Razorback. And, or not a Razorback, but a, a Rhino. Would you that. like two Razorbacks? Or at least one? Oh, because Chuck didn't pick up those from me. I'd... No, he hasn't even said anything. I don't think he's good. Well, he did. He said he was 
in fact, not as interested in playing 40K. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. when it comes down to it, if we get back on topic for just a moment, to yes, close this up. let's actually stay no, on exactly. topic for let, a minute. Let, let's get back on topic. We're bad we'll close for it. This We're up. bad for it. Um, what it comes down to, I think personally, is what you're looking for. A lot of new people, a lot of new people are going to want to get easy build at first, and then start buying the regular kits so that they can really get into the flow of building the, those more detailed models. Easy, easy bits are nice, but once you've got a single easy bit unit, easy, easy build unit, you don't want a second one, really, unless you can find a way to convert them easily. To like I honest, did with head swaps and stuff like that. To be that. honest, I really, really wish when I started in this hobby 20-some years ago, they had easy build kits. It would have made building an army significantly easier and more manageable. And it gives a better learning curve. Well, it, not only that, for, but for, I mean, for modeling. Talk about 11 year, 11, 12 year old kid. When you, the know, younger, you don't the have a ton people, of money. The younger people, you know, anyone with any kind of physical disablement in the hands yeah, yeah. That, that affects their hands, those are all people that really, really benefit from the easy, the easy build. build. Kits. Now, if you're a hardcore gamer, if you've been modeling for 10 years, you're not gonna want to buy the, the easy fit or if like easy builds. Or if you started out with car models, started out with yeah, train those are all, sets. Yeah, those all get really fiddly and stuff. You know, you're used to that. That's what you like. Usually. That's that's one of the reasons why I was able to kind of adapt to 40k and you know the general Warhammer games because I started out with car models and they take and train sets. Those take a bit. Oh yeah, they do. They they can be rough, and even train sets. You know. When you're talking about getting into the cities and the towns, and when you get big, you know, whenever you start going from, oh, here's the train go around the Christmas tree to, well, here's my four by eight table, for, uh, we call this the such and such express, and it's a steam engine and da 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 da. Or when or you, you get start, the ones that you've set up and they go all the way around the outside oh, yeah. of the room. When you, when you start getting to that level of model train enthusiast, um, it it. It gets daunting to, and I can understand why people who are trying to get into these hobbies, whether it's modeling or trains or any of this stuff, it can be really intimidating. And, and I think is. the easy build Absolutely. is a perfect way to get someone into it. The newer people, easy build is perfect to go, well, if you want to get into this, let's go get some easy build for, for the army you want to build. Start there, mm -hmm. get used to building models, yep. then start buying the normal multi-part kits. I I would really like it if Games Workshop I, I can would tell you start why. making easy build kits for every single army. I can tell you why I like the easy build over the regulars, personally. You're lazy? No. Ask my wife how many times she's heard me go, I hate multi-part models. Because I've dropped something. Well, you do. And then I spend the next twenty minutes. Clean, well, first clean the glue off because I've already put glue on it. Yeah. Clean the glue off quick. Then spend the next twenty minutes finding the bit, and then get back up there and go. Let's try it again. Hopefully, I won't drop it this time. I've had pieces that I spent over an hour 
putting a single piece on a model because it was that small I couldn't hold it firmly or You, correctly. sir, need a pair of tweezers. No, that wasn't the problem because I, I have the same problem with tweezers. Because my fingers are numb. Yeah, I know. You can't I feel can't, the pressure difference. I don't know how much pressure to do. I don't want to crush the piece. I don't want to leave dents. So then I end up holding it too lightly. Yeah. And I drop it. And it was really hard to find that that easy build is perfect for me because it's, oh, well, here's a great big piece. They glue to a great big piece. And then this leg and the backpack and the head and I'm done. Yeah. Look at that. Or, and this gun arm. And it goes on like that. You know, little rotation, fit in the slot, good to go, because they're they're made to only fit together one way. Yeah. And for someone like me, that's perfect. For new yeah. people, that's perfect. For the veteran modeler, for the guy who likes the the it, heavy conversions, yeah. the doing some sculpting, the, even the the being able to put. This so guy's, guy's arm who, on that guy's, you know, for, for in the same unit. This guy's arm on that guy's body, and, you know, and change up things to make them look different. To the guys who are more, and I don't mean this in a negative way, ambitious to their sculpting abilities and their oh, yeah. building abilities. Well, to the guys and girls, because I get me wrong, you know, I love building models. I can build models for hours. But it takes a certain amount of ambition. For any hobbyist yep. to do some serious conversions. I mean, I've tried my oh. hand at full-on sculpting. I'm intimidated by it. I can't do it. I'm, I'm so. I've like, taken, I've taken sculpting classes sculpt in college, and I still can't do it. I've been wanting to build, well, to sculpt a model of uh, a character from Neverwhere for mm. years. Yeah. And I just don't have the but. courage to do it. Okay. I have a I have a frame figure set in the position. I have a spear for him. I just so all right. Haven't built him. Haven't Let's done. Let's consider haven't this a wrap. On yeah. The easy build, multi-part conversation. And apparently, however, out the many things we got into on it, yeah, as we yeah, usually we do. do. It's we do. I'm sorry. Oh no, dude. I think that's kind of just what we do. Yeah. It's, you know, we go off on tangents. To be honest, not too much of it was horribly off topic. No, okay, some of it was horribly off topic. But a lot of it related to, it just wasn't specifically about Joe, it. we always go off topic I at know, some point. I mean... Yeah, it is. Never mind. It's, <laughs> it's both our faults. All right. So that, that concludes the 40K and this episode, the third episode, the one for April. Yes, and indeed. we will see you all next month. We're just going to put on our closer after this, and we'll be good. Be easy, buddies. Yep. Bye. Okay, so we're wrapping up the show. Yep. And before we just go ahead and jump on here one last time and say, you know, we do have a Facebook. Yep. It's uh, Warlords and Warlocks. And... On our Facebook, we also happen to have a email address so you guys can get at us. Yeah, questions, requests, whatever. And that would be warlordsandwarlocks at gmail.com. That's all one word, no caps or anything like that. Uh, we would also like to give a shout out to Dean James. Who's a close personal friend of mine. And Dean James and the Black Dogs. Yep. They provide with... Permission, our opening music, our closing music. It's 
The song is called Sleazy off the album True. Really good stuff. If you get a chance, check it out. Um, and that just about wraps it up for us. Righto. So uh, this is Dave. And this is Joe. And we, we are, are Warlords and Warlocks. And Warlocks.